Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Really good. I was loud there, too. I was you like, coming in. Oh. Here I am. Came in hot, ready to talk. Yeah. Like the view, like the ladies from the view is coming in like whoopee, joy. That's what people have always been saying. The to other me. ladies that <laughs> I don't know. Like you should be on the view, Catherine. I was, You're just really. You always you should be on the got view. Got that vibe. I went to see it once. I remember this. I had a friend who I work with worked with in New York, and she was like. <gasps> I got tickets to the view. I'm like, what is that even? And you're like, you have to go. So I went with her. I don't remember a thing. Except Patrick Swayze was the guest. Wow. That's a good guest. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I just remember Meredith Vieira being like hot off the Today Show and then transferring over to the view. And that's really all. I, I, I remember taping. This is a funny episode for one. But... <laughs> I remember it taping uh, right next to where they taped All My Children, which is, an, which oh. is a show that I was on, I think. Yes, you were. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Your uh, first your first. W- no, TV? it was my first. Guiding Light was the first oh, thing sorry. I was ever on. Let's get that straight. <laughs> but I was a doctor on All My Children, now that I remember. <laughs> I'm going to pull that reel out. But yes, you should be on The View. This is our own version of The View. It you don't is. need to be on The View. This is, a, this is, this is a, you're the, the View from the Vineyards. Is that what we're calling The view it? from the vineyards. Coming, yeah, Ooh. check that out. I love it. And with that, welcome everyone to episode <laughs> 81 of The Long Finish. 81, wow. And that's 81 times. Someday our kids will look back and listen to this. And be like, I can't believe we got to listen to 81 shows of our parents, but we're doing it. Oh, yeah. It's our chance to catch up. You know, it's it's just not every day that you sit down with the mic and a glass of wine. You know, our life is so hurried and there's just a lot of stuff to do with the kids and work and it's nice. Yeah, so lots to get into this episode, but this is my first bottle of wine since the last podcast almost a month ago. Unbelievable. I will fill you in on my nutritional health updates, but I told Catherine I want something sort of fun, feels like spring. She brought home something from Switzerland. So we're going to talk a little bit about wine from Switzerland. So what are we drinking tonight? Well, you, you said light, white, refreshing. And I knew you wanted something like that you were going to be right. excited about to come back to after not having been drinking for a little while. And this is new to Esther's. This is new to our shop. This is new to me. This wine is Domaine du Chambay. This is the Chasselas 2020. And... This is from the Geneva AOC, the Geneva region of Switzerland, Geneva, Lake Geneva. But the Geneva AOC, the Geneva wine region is in, well, we'll get into this in a minute. Yeah. But I definitely thought this would be up your alley, so I hope it delivers. It definitely is up my alley, definitely delivers. It's Now that we're free... From the criticism that my mom would bring from the last episode, just <laughs> taking down. Oh my gosh, I got a lot. I I got a lot of good feedback about your mom yeah. and that episode, and your dad. And Were they like just? I'm glad that she's not my mom. <laughs> Very tough. No, no, I'm kidding, mom. Well, I grew up 
with women who would say, oh, this is very nice, but then they just wouldn't drink it. So I, pre- I appreciate that she spoke her true mind. I think my mom also said, like you said, your family would be like, would say niceties even if they didn't really feel that way. My mom is excited to tell people they don't, that she doesn't like something. I'm, I'm pretty much sure that she said, um, can I say that I don't like this? <laughs> yes, you I can. thought that was thoughtful. It was nice. It was nice. It was great to have her on the show. I'm really excited to have that for posterity. And a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people reached out and said they enjoyed the episode. So that was a lot of fun for us. And we'll have them back. And everyone got to know you a little better. Know me a little better. Know where you're coming from and know about that champagne tower. If you want to know more about me, let's talk about what's been going on this year. You all know that I'm on a health kick. And as I mentioned earlier in this episode, this is the first bottle of wine since the last podcast. And so I started at 254 pounds. I'm trying to get under 230. I weigh myself every Wednesday, and I was 233.1. Yeah, that's 21 pounds, folks. And let me tell you, I can see it. You look good. Ooh. Thank you. I feel good. You know, I really do. Except except yesterday, I decided to lift too many many weights, and I hurt my back. But I'm having a good time. The thing I'm scared about is that this feels very impermanent. Like, I'm not drinking. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm eating... Very healthy. I'm just hoping that can my discipline keep me away from the kids' chicken nuggets, from the pizza party that we're going to tomorrow? You know, how do I avoid those landmines? Well, there's going to be some balance. It's not like you have to, you know, live like this forever. Yeah, so, I mean, my feeling is that I will probably try to get under 230 because I'll probably level out somewhere uh, in the 230-ish range. That's what I'm going for. So... Yeah, so that's that's a big change. What's going on in the Esther's um uh, the Esther's world? Well, in general, things are really good in the Esther's world. And this world. is this revolves around the chaos of the restaurant world, yes. especially Esther's. But I, I would say in general, like, cause people are going out. We've got all this, like, you know, we have all the seating and all the customers, and there's not restrictions right now. It's just like a great fun happy time to be out and people are enjoying it and there's tons of events people are getting together it's just like a really great time because of that we're so busy which is wonderful that's a great problem but again it's still hard to find like the right staff and of course today that kind of all came together our sous chef called out because she sprained her ankle our amazing GM is out because she's sick and she had a car accident. Horrible. And then we don't have anyone to work in the kitchen. Our line cook could, our lead line cook couldn't come in. So I'm like, okay, we got to figure this out, people. (laughs) Our assistant manager is helping me like brainstorm, like, okay, who are we going to get to cook tonight we've got only one person in the kitchen tonight we need to figure it out so I'm texting all the other chefs in the restaurant group chef Jeremy Fox Andy at Rustic Canyon I'm texting people over at Casilla like somebody help me out and we got a chef from Rustic Canyon uh chef from Rustic Canyon and we got a chef from Bertie G's and they showed up and they 
got in the kitchen and they started working. And and from what I hear, it's going well. It's okay. And our one line cook that we have is showing them, okay, here's this, here's that, here's how we make this, here's how we do that. So, and our assistant manager, Zena, she's like, well, luckily we don't have any parties tonight. We'll close off some of the reservations so it's not bonkers at five o'clock and we can do this. I mean, to me, that's part of the... I mean, this is an extreme version of the excitement of the restaurant business, but I think it'd be fun. We should get those chefs on the podcast just to hear them talk about the experience of working basically cold at another restaurant for the night and just see what oh, their experience it's like, is like. Yeah, it's like a stage. Well, a lot of times when you're going in for a new d- job in a restaurant, it's called a stage and you go in and you sort of work a night or whatever. And sometimes you do that like if you're, you're a chef and you want to experience a fantastic restaurant that you've never been to before and you email them can I do a stage at your restaurant can I work there for a day but like not usually in the like lead position of cooking the food you know what I mean like usually it's sort of a side off position during the day not like a Friday night in the middle of the line so they got thrown into it and I'm sure they did great it's gonna be a a fun drill and rush for everyone working there, I'm sure, tonight. And I know it was hard for a GM who was like, like, oh my gosh, how is this happening? And I'm like, you know what? This is a great team. And this is a great moment to let other people like lift it up and see what happens. We're all pros yeah. here. Now, I know that they're going to be going home with a bottle of wine as, a thank- as, as one of many thank yous from us for picking up the slack. Maybe the wine that we're drinking tonight is a good idea for them well let's find out let's well, see well we'll see what it is but let's get into the wine tonight have a little bit of a celebration for making it through uh the day the week for us and this month for this you month for without me. enjoying wine i i hope you will enjoy this this is like well let me tell you what it is again this is domaine du chambay chasselas that's a great variety it's from geneva in switzerland vintage 2020 I like it a lot. Okay, so first of all, it's fun to have a Swiss wine. Why is that fun? Because it's hardly ever that I see Swiss wines in the market. Uh, One here, one there, and they're always so expensive because Switzerland's expensive. I don't know if you've been there. Never. It is beautiful. It is insanely clean, like beyond, and it's beautiful. It's also crazy expensive, as you can imagine. And so the wines are. And there's hardly any exported. That's the other thing. 2% of all wines made there are exported. That is crazy wow. small. They drink everything they make. And I think part of that is because they're not really interested in exporting. They just consume locally. Also, they are quite, in general, environmentally conscious so even approaching certain winemakers about exporting their wine and all that goes into that, they're not that interested in it. They're interested in consuming local. The main people they do export to is Germany. So not that much gets here. But I had the opportunity to meet with a gentleman who just started a company called Convivium. And he's importing Swiss wine. He grew up there. He was born in Spain, but he grew up in Switzerland and then moved um, to L.A. for, I think, high school and worked in the wine business and really wanted to start his own import 
company for this very reason, to get Swiss wines in here that people could actually afford and he could speak to them. And so I'm super excited. This is from him, from Dan Hess at Convivium. And this is Chasala, which is the main white grape of Switzerland. The main red grapes are Pinot Noir and Gamay. There's tons of varieties. I mean, there's over 250 varieties in Switzerland. A lot of them you'd recognize from Germany. Some of them are very native to Switzerland. But Chasala is very much the Swiss wine white grape. And what I love about it is that it's low alcohol. This is only 11.8% alcohol. Love that. I knew you were going to be excited about that. The other thing that's cool is that this grape variety isn't high acidity. It's more like medium acidity, which you don't always think. I mean, we are acid heads. We often like high acid wines, but a lot of people aren't. And when you're not eating food, sometimes having a a white wine with medium acidity or red wine too is really nice because it doesn't call for food. It sort of sits on your tongue. It settles there nicely. Chasala is the house wine of Switzerland, but it also goes great with raclette or fondue or any of the gooey cheeses, but it's also great aperitif by itself, just as we're drinking it now. So it's like kind of nice to have a great wine that's like that. It's It sort of dances on the tongue. It has this bit of spritziness. Some producers leave a little CO2. Some producers don't. Just depends on the style. And it's very neutral. Doesn't have a strong nose. It doesn't have overwhelming notes on the palate. It's pretty neutral. It's great with, so it's great with, you know, those really strong cheeses, as you might imagine. And it's minerally. So like I said, the cool thing about it is that it can pick up the terroir. It can pick up different aspects of where it's grown. So it still has that. And there are six main wine growing regions in Switzerland. And they have an AOC system, Appalachian system, just like in France, which is, you know, regulated Here's this geographical growing region. Here's what you can grow. Here are the rules behind it. And there's 62 different AOCs in Switzerland within these kind of overarching six regions. And you imagine Switzerland, you think of the Alps. So of course there's that influence. There's lots of rain, but it's very diverse in terms of, you know, if it's higher altitude or if it's lower altitude, this is from Geneva. And it's on the southwest corner of Lake Geneva. There are 22 AOCs in, or one AOC, but 22 Premier Crews in this region. This is just from the AOC. And it's more lower level, not like higher altitude. But you know, there are some grapes that are grown really high altitude in Switzerland. The cool thing is, and let me tell you, I was reading a lot. I had to read a lot about Switzerland to learn about this because... Like I said, I hardly ever drink Swiss wine. There's not a lot out there. I will give a shout out to this awesome SwissWine.ch website, which I think is the official Swiss wine website, which is fabulous. So if you want to learn anything about Swiss wine, just go. This one website has everything. But I learned, this is so cool. 
I told you about the different diversity in terms of like altitude and there is diversity in terroir, but one cool thing that all the regions in Switzerland have in common is kind of unusual. 25,000 years ago, the area of Switzerland was covered by a layer of ice that in, in some places was thicker than a kilometer. And this glacier created moraine, which is a kind of particular rock that's in all of the vineyards. So there you have it. Not sure if you're getting moraine in this glass of Chasala, but I think that's kind of a cool fact. Any notes on the winemaker themselves? Yes. Yeah, so this is the Domaine du Chambé is the name of the winemaker. Like I said, they're on the left bank of Lake Geneva, kind of bordering the Savoie region of France. Very sunny when it when it's not raining and the family's been there farming since the 20s but the winery was established in 1987 by a couple Marion and Gerald Fongelas I'm sure I butchered it's that that's what, what we do usual. We, we butcher and now their son Anthony has taken over he's converted everything to organic he does very minimal intervention in winemaking native yeast fermentations and this is kind of their classic cuvee they have a classic chasselas cuvee and then they have a classic classic gamay for their red which we got in esters and we already sold out of because it was so delicious and great and then he also does a next level a little bit higher end wines that he's kind of experimenting with which I didn't bring into the shop yet, but I might in the future because I really like what he's doing. But these are just sort of their just general classic cuvées, and I thought they were fabulous and great representation intro into Switzerland. Is a Chasselet comp like Austrian wines, like the Wurzterminer? Or... I would say, well, there is Chasselet in Germany. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I did taste one like a week after I had tasted the Chasselet from um this one from switzerland but yeah it's kind of its own thing i would say not riesling not gewurzaminer it's just not aromatic like those are it's more neutral yeah. like pinot grigio is neutral but this has more minerality than pinot grigio and it does have medium acid also like pinot grigio but i think that that liveliness on the tongue that freshness and the low alcohol are what's unique about it. It's a great wine. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's a perfect wine to be coming back after a month of fitness and just uh, celebrate life. Uh, you mentioned a couple of the cheeses that it might go well with. What else do you think it might go well with when you're putting together a meal? Well, because there's not crazy acid and there is just this gentle, nice fruitiness and spritziness, I think spicy food would be awesome. Indian food, our sister restaurant Casilla, Southeast Asian Bistro, spicy tacos, any kind of ethnic food I think would be awesome with this. I mean, you described how hard these wines are to get. So how does one go about and get uh, a Swiss wine? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I'd see, I, I, I would say if you see one, snatch it up. Um, and like I said, this is probably the most affordable one I've ever seen. And it's not going to hit the value bin at the, you know, corner store. Right. But it's also not going to break the bank. It's still, and it's a fine wine. This is delicious. Yep. 
So go for it. Try it. Ask for them. Just keep asking. But they are definitely hard to find. Switzerland is always a place I've wanted to go. Ever since my second grade teacher, Miss Kolakowski, I think there was, I have a fascination with the Matterhorn, mm. the mountain, and I've always wanted to visit that. So that's like a lifelong dream of mine is to go into the Alps, see the Matterhorn, and drink some great wine. Well, ever since I- second grade, I was like, I want to drink wine in front of the Matterhorn. That's, that is my <laughs> passion. Yeah. Yep. Found oh, well, I tree. wish that for you. Thank you. Well, my our last episode, we were talking about how I went on a trip with my grandma when I graduated from high school, right. and it was on a bus, you know, the tour bus, and the tour bus went through Switzerland, we went through the Alps, we went to Lucerne, Lake Lucerne, and we stayed in this tiny little hotel that I, I mean, you could have licked the streets, they were so clean, and these beds... I've never slept in a bed like this. It was just like you would imagine this Swiss, luxurious Swiss chalet bed, like mm. fluff of pil- like feathers, and it was just uh, wonderful and clean. And taking the gondola up the mountain with my cousin, it was wonderful. Let's Look, go back. Let's I, I'd do love it. To go. Let's I mean, do it. We're trying to figure out a way to raise three kids, but when we have a little bit of surplus of money. We're taking the kids over there. That'll be a true gift. Oh, man. Yeah. That sounds or, great. Or we can leave them here and we can just go ourselves. Uh, also, uh, option B works for yeah, me, but, too. Yeah. Well, this wine's awesome. I, I really I really love this wine. Hopefully, people can check it out. We do have this wine at Esther's. Ask your local wine store if you have Swiss wines, if there's a way they can get them. You should definitely try them. I will say, also, did I mention it's organic? All the wines in his book are mm-hmm. organic, so that's cool, too. And the Swiss are very conscious about that, so that helps. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I should have brought this up off the top. This is March Madness right now. We're going on. This is not my inspiration. I just wanted to relay this story. Oh. <laughs> We're watching March Madness here in America, the NCAA college basketball tournament, I run a fun family pool every year, probably for the last 12 to 15 years. At I don't least, know. yeah. And now, um, for the past few years, I would write my five-year-old, make the picks. I think he won one year. I've never won it, but my five-year-old, at whatever age he was, he won it. But now he's of the age where he wants to kind of watch. He has no idea. He picked all upsets. <laughs> and, and, and this kid is in love with watching the standings of our tournament, which are on, you know, y- Yahoo or whatever. He loves stats. Loves stats. And he's in last place. Oh, but He's in last place and he, because he picked all upsets. And some upsets are good, but not all upsets. So he is living and dying with every possession. And he's just waiting to move from 20th place up in the rankings to pass my mom, actually. And it was amazing to watch. And it kind of reminded me of what I probably would look like when I was a kid, just living and dying. I was like, I was like, son, you have to just relax. Like, this does not matter. This does not. He was so upset yeah, tonight. Yeah, this does not matter. It's okay. So it it, it was like a uh, like a time capsule of sorts to to go back to when my parents were raising me, and I was pretty invested in these things. And this is why I try to get out because I'm very obsessive. So I really like think about these things. I was like, I was like, his name is Bo. I was like, Bo, you don't, you don't even know anything about these teams. Like, you don't even care. Like, what do you care? 
And he just was like crying. He was like, I'm the worst. I'm like, you're not the, I'm the worst picker. I'm like, you're not the worst picker. It's totally fine. This is honestly so good for you guys to do together. Yeah. You and he can work on yeah. this together. So anyway, <laughs> I, I wanted to share this moment just knowing that we're going through March Madness. And this is the f- probably one of the first. I don't know if I'll have a memory at five. Maybe at six I'll have a memory. But son, this is me talking to you in the future. Like, it's, it's okay. You don't have to be good at picking March Madness teams. It's fine. I mean, he has Michigan versus Michigan State, which are like, there's zero chance of that happening. But anyway, I just want to get that out there and get to my inspiration of the week, which is a podcast that I love called Dead Eyes. And it's a podcast by Connor Ratliff, who's an actor, a comedian in New York, who tells the story of how 22 or three years ago, he auditioned for the ro- a, a small role in Band of Brothers, was hired and subsequently fired by Tom Hanks. So it's basically, a, if, if people are familiar with the the murder mystery or wh- whatever Serial is, remember the, the the fun of Serial? Oh, yeah. He takes this as seriously as Serial, but it's but no one cares but him. And he has all these great people on the show, John Hamm, Seth Rogen, trying to get to the bottom. And Okay, I should, I should preface. His agent called him on the day that he was getting fired. He said, Tom Hanks, he said, Tom Hanks wants to see you again. On your tape, they think you have dead eyes. So he's tried to solve the mystery of why he was fired by Tom Hanks and if he has dead eyes or not. Fast forward to season three, the finale of season three, and he has Tom Hanks on the show to talk about this moment. And it's a great podcast. And the fun, the reason I love it is because it brings on so many people from the entertainment industry talking about the hard times of the industry. The times where people are fired from jobs or they don't get auditions. He has he, he interviews famous people now that auditioned for Band of Brothers and didn't get it. And talked about how how they don't watch the show because they were frustrated by that. And I was telling my wife off air, like it's so important for me to say that, to hear this because I don't talk to a lot of my actor friends about the, the hardships of the business. It's more about what are we up to? What are we working on? And it's just nice to kind of, it feels like therapy in a way to hear people, oh, it's not, it's a grind. This business is a grind. And it's, there's, there are ups and there are downs for everyone. And it's super relatable. Connor Radcliffe is his name. And I will tell him this personally, Connor. It's an, uh, you did an amazing thing out of what I know has tormented you for 20 years. And probably it's worked out better than you could ever imagine. The podcast is amazing. So check it out. It's called Dead Eyes on uh, wherever you get your podcasts from Connor Ratliff. I listened to the first episode. Did you like it? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I cannot wait for the second one. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. And he, he does diverge off of certain, uh, you know, later episodes don't, are not always related to the, the task at hand. But if he does tell you what episodes, if you were to go to like episode, the, the Tom Hanks episode, he tells you what episodes to listen to before you get to Tom Hanks, like get to the, the meat of the issue. It's a lot of fun. So check it out. Catherine, what do you have? Well, it's back to the book club for me. Good. And let me tell you, this is not just my own personal book club this time. I am reading a book for our five-year-old's school. There is a diversity and equity PTA subcommittee that has a book club. And the book was announced early last month because it's a long book, which is Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. So I said, all right, I can do this. And I started reading it and it is fantastic, this book. It's hefty. It's almost 500 pages. So I'm so glad that they 
let me know ahead of time. My book club is next week, but this book is great. She is a Nigerian-born writer. She lives part-time in America and part-time in Nigeria. She has this wonderful story of two lovers that met in high school and then really went different ways and then meet again and their experiences in America and London and back in Nigeria and the ideas and the lens that she exposes of our culture in uh, America and her culture in Nigeria and how people think and what expectations are and just human relationships. Anyway, it's a great book. I've really enjoyed it. I have learned a ton and I cannot wait to sit in this book club next week on Zoom and just listen to all these other people, hopefully, who've read this giant book. It's great. I'm so glad someone asked me to read this. It's a really cool idea for the the school. It's a, it's a great idea for you. you I've read some experts that you point out to me. I just really, really am excited by what this this book club is is doing so hopefully there's a point in time where i can join as well but yeah it's a book that's on the list for me as well go check it out some good some good wrecks this good wrecks i think yeah so if you haven't gotten the book american awe or or dead eyes the podcast go check them out and it'll make the rest of your march early april super fun all right, that's it. That's it for episode 81 of The Long Finish. Episode 81 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for listening to the show. Set it on episode 80. Say it on episode 81. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it means the world to us. Please take a second to do that. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? Check us out on Instagram at The Long Finish, and I'm at Catherine Wild Coker. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thanks again for listening to the show. We should be back in April with an all-new episode of the show. Still working on some big things for later in the spring and this summer, so stay tuned for that. Till then, have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.